0: Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest is Michelle Lopiccolo. She's the owner of a remote travel agency called The Mosaic Way. She offers custom travel coordination services for both individuals and groups. She's a certified travel agent, travel coach, and accessible travel advocate. Michelle has been in the travel industry for over four years and loves helping clients create lifelong memories. She believes that travel makes us more aware, grateful, and empathetic, and truly feels the world would be a better place if everyone had the chance to travel outside of their home country. And wow, could I not agree more with that. But Michelle, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Start with telling us just a little bit about yourself, because your story is so fascinating of how you got in this industry.
1: Yeah, thanks. I'm actually first generation on my dad's side. So he's an immigrant and came to America when. He was 20 for college and met my mom. So I think instantly like a love of travel and other cultures was kind of ingrained in me because we always grew up with really rich traditions. Um, My dad's family is Sicilian, but they moved to Venezuela and South America. So we kind of grew up with a little bit of both influences, which was cool. Yeah. Went to Venezuela as a kid, which now you can't go there. (laughs) Really, it's not safe to go to. Um, They're not doing so great, but that was like one of the first big trips I did. And then from there, you know, my dad just introduced us to um, more trips. And then eventually in college, I ended up studying abroad in Malta, which for those of you who don't know, it's a little island country off of Sicily. Literally, when you go to Google Maps, you have to like keep scrolling in (laughs) because it's so small. It's very small. And I always had a love of event coordination. And I like travel, it never dawned on me to work in the travel industry. And then when I got back from studying abroad, I was finishing up my senior year. And someone kind of recommended working at a travel agency. And I got the job and I worked there until I quit and start my own business.
0: We love that for you. Yeah. (laughs) What made you decide on Malta? Because I feel like everyone always does like Germany or Australia or Italy, but Why'd you choose Malta?
1: Yeah. So I went to, I graduated from Oakland University, but I had it in my mind that I always wanted to like live on on an island at some point. So originally I was actually going to, it's called Study Away instead of Study Abroad at Oakland. Okay. I was going to go to St. Thomas, Virgin Island through their Study Away program because it's U.S. territory. And then they got hit really bad by the hurricanes. I don't know if you remember that. That was, is that 2018?
0: Oh, okay. Yep. I do remember that.
1: They're like, you can come, but we're not really recommending it. Like everything was destroyed, you know? And then I was trying to find other affordable programs and Malta actually, it's unique. A lot of study abroad programs are really, really expensive, which is a lot of why a lot of people don't do it. And it's unfortunate. But the one I found, they said, pay Oakland tuition, which I was already planning on and then room and board, which it's like most college students already plan on paying room and board. So it was kind of a wash. It was like, I need to save money basically for my plane ticket.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: how could I not go? So it was pretty.
0: That's a great opportunity too, because it's just being supplement because I remember I looked into study abroad and it was going to cost, I think it was like five or 10 grand more oh, than yeah. what the semester would cost. And I was like, okay, can't afford that. No way. So I love that that it's verbal. I didn't know that. Even
1: Oakland didn't even know a ton about the Malta program. They're like, we've sent a couple people. So like, let us know. (laughs) What you find out, that sounds so bad. (laughs) Good luck. Right.
0: (laughs) You were like their guinea pig.
1: Yeah. Oakland was awesome. I bet sounds bad. Sorry, Oakland. They were really awesome. It just happened to be they like really small program. Like they'll set you up for it, but we don't know a ton. So like, and it turned out to be the best, you know choice in my life pretty much. So (laughs) that's amazing. It worked out.
0: (laughs) It did. See, and now we're here talking about it today. Exactly. Now, at what point, and this is what I love to always ask business owners, when did you get to the point of, yes, you were working your, we'll call it the corporate job, but what was the decision or the thought process of I can make this my own business or when did you kind of have that thought in your head?
1: Yeah. So I started thinking about being an entrepreneur in college and I was taking courses that would kind of allow me to do that I actually had a really unique program that I was in called integrative studies so basically you work with faculty to create your own degree it has to be faculty approved but I started combining courses because I'm like I want to have the skills to build a business I know what I'm passionate about I just don't know what it's going to be yet so I was doing a lot of marketing graphic design photography lots of business classes so I was in a couple different schools um bit by bit, I was building stuff. I met someone online. Um, her name's Sahara. She started the Travel Coach Network. I don't know if you've ever...
0: Yes. I've seen you post about it all the time. Yes.
1: So and it's grown a lot since I started working with her. But so the owner of that started mentoring me and I started getting the idea as I was working at the travel agency. And when I was at the travel agency, I'm not going to name their name because I wasn't the biggest fan of them. It's <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> you
0: don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: um I started getting the idea of like, I want to get one year under my belt here and then I'm going to quit. But as God, you know, would have it, like I ended up being able to, well, I got in a car accident and I didn't know this. I can finally talk about this now because I actually had like, there was like some legal stuff with it. So I like, couldn't really <gasps> talk about it publicly until I was like done, like getting stuff paid for through insurance. So, oh my gosh. First, this is the big reveal. No, but so I got in this car accident and I got really bad whiplash. And then bit by bit after the accident, I started just like noticing other symptoms pop up. And I was talking with my work and I was like, I'm going to have to do therapy this number of days. I need this many doctor's appointments. And I was like, I can work remote. I can work around stuff. Like I'll try and get like the 7 a.m. appointment. But I had an hour commute to work. So it was also like, you know, I'll get there as soon as I can. An hour commute? Yeah, I had an hour commute at that point. I was working there for six months. so I hadn't decided to move yet. So that's why I still had the hour commute. But they basically said they weren't willing to work with me on my schedule. So they said my manager was like, I mean, without really saying it, but saying it, you can't do physical therapy and make all this work. Like you have to figure it out. Yeah, (gasps) that's horrible. I know. So oh, don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) I see why you're not naming names. This makes sense now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But so I, you know, gosh, at that point, I'm like 22. And I'm like, do I have to pick work over my health? And I was just kind of like, this is not the way I would have wanted it. But like, this is kind of like propelling me into the next step. So I like put in my two weeks notice, this was just the final straw, there was other stuff where I was like, this is not normal. And okay, some of the stuff that was happening at that office. So yeah, I ended up quitting and then I fortunately like had a background in doing like freelance marketing and graphic design so I just started picking up jobs like that went back to babysitting and like just started building up my business and did my physical therapy and like all that stuff because it's just like I'm not you know oh if I'm 22 picking work over my health I'm in trouble so (laughs)
0: Well, and good for you for realizing this because I, I talk with business or potential business owners every single week, and they're like, Well, I'm gonna do this and gonna have the right time, or the, like, like you said, a year. I mean, the same thing, you know, my story of yeah, I wanted to maybe start a business, but I I got fired from my job. So yeah, and good for you for not just like waiting it out. Because so many people work their 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, they come to me crying. And just like, I wasted so much time I'm missing out on family and friends and events. And it's just not worth it, especially for your own health. Like, heck no. No, yeah, we don't do that. And I had supportive family and friends too. So that
1: helped. And I had reached out to mm-hmm. other, some other professionals that I trusted and asked them about some of the scenarios. And they were like, that's inappropriate. That's not okay. Right. And that kind of confirmed. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I was scrapping it for a minute. You know, I'm like babysitting and trying to get, reach out to clients being like, do you need design work? Do you need me to run Facebook ads? Do you need me to, you know, whatever it is. And, and then COVID hit. I started my business and then COVID hit five months later. Oh
0: <laughs> my gosh. That is, <laughs> that was going to be my next question. But before we jump into that, I did the same thing. I was the yes person. I babysat. I, I yeah. you know, scrubbed toilets. I it's It was not a glamorous story to start this business either. But yeah. what came down to you deciding that versus getting into another, like, because you could have easily just gotten to another corporate gig, but what came down to it for you?
1: Um... Partially because the accident, I was kind of like, how do I go into a company, get hired new and be like, by the way, here's like, are you willing to work with my physical therapy
0: schedule? Getting that flexibility.
1: Yeah. And maybe it could have been fine, right? If I found a remote job, but mind you, this was before COVID. So not as many places were offering remote jobs yet. So the timing was still kind of weird. And I was just like, this is my time to kind of like, you live paycheck to paycheck or like Scrap it out for like a year to see if I can make this happen. You know what I mean? So I was like, "What do I care if I'm like 22 and you know being scrappy about it?" So,
0: no, I love that because that's the thing is like people are just like, "Oh, I'm just going to get another gig," but you don't have the flexibility. And you you work 40 hours a week and then put time into your business, you're not going to want to do it. That's the last thing I wanted to do, but I it was not pretty nights and weekends and everything when I was in corporate and I was so burnt out. And then I'm like, I don't want to touch it, but working 20 hours a week was much easier.
1: And I told everyone, I'm like, I'm single and I have no kids like at that time. And so I was like, this is as easiest as it's going to get. And if I'm not doing it now, the excuses are only going to get worse. So not to say, and I was, and I had um, other people in my network that were like, moms or divorced or working two jobs and whatever. And they were figuring it out. So I'm like,
0: I can figure it out. Like (laughs) This
1: is literally as easy as it can get as far as like Mm -hmm. having no other commitment. So like, I need to grind it out.
0: Good for you. I love that. (laughs) Now, talking about the pandemic, how obviously extremely difficult when there's travel bans and everything, but I want to first hear what was going through your head when all of that, when you just started this business and two, how did you pivot? I mean, now that we're talking about this today.
1: Yeah. So at first... It's also interesting. So being a travel agent, building your business, a lot of that's like building your foundation the first couple of years. But my first year, I couldn't really build a foundation. So I was just trying to focus on, okay, like, business strategy, building up Instagram, talking to people, networking, and like, COVID's kind of forcing me into a year of learning, obviously. So like, on the side, I was doing everything I needed to do to learn how to become a good business owner for when like, the gates opened again for travel. But in the meantime, I was, you know, doing um, the marketing and graphic design and babysitting sort of thing. So what was your original question? Did I answer that?
0: You were talking more about your foundations. And I was just asking, how did you decide like, what was going through your head when all this craziness was happening? Of Was there fear of, oh, my gosh, this isn't going to work or especially being a brand new business owner?
1: Yeah. So the first year, I just kind of was like, it is what it is. The second year, I feel like that's when I started to be like, okay, I need to figure out if I can make this happen or not. Cause it's like all nice to be passionate about something, but if money doesn't eventually follow, unfortunately, like you can't make it a full-time thing. So yeah, it's definitely been interesting, but I knew at some point when the gates opened that people would not just be wanting to travel, they'd be like dying to travel. And that's kind of been the trend. I've seen a lot of people, you know, for as many people as it affected negatively, there was a lot of people who still had their amazing job and were stuck at home and weren't spending money. So when they were given the opportunity to start traveling, they were like,
0: take my money,
1: (laughs) get me and my family out of the house. So I knew that would open. And then there's a lot of new trends in the industry too, because of COVID as well, which has been interesting to follow. So,
0: okay. And then is it, I mean, especially with restrictions getting lifted and, you know, certain companies have certain, I'm sorry, not companies, there's the corporate speak coming out, the certain countries mm-hmm. having certain restrictions. How do you just manage all of this planning trips? Is it just like consistently looking or what do you have to do day to day?
1: Yeah. So I have a couple databases that I use and then I do custom coordination. So every time I get a client, it's a different oh, wow. destination. Yeah. Which Uh, some travel agents hate I love because it keeps it interesting (laughs) for me (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) like I love change which most people don't you know I mean some things I don't but I love I don't know of course yeah I love having some change so getting new destination inquiries is always fun for me but yeah I have some databases I refer to but I also just from through travel and different networks I pretty much have a content contact in any country really or I could get one pretty quickly like The network gets like pretty tight pretty quickly. So it's like you're able to find the information you need for someone. Um, But I recommend this is the one I use for clients and it's open to everyone. It's called Sherpa.com. And you just type in your destination and they'll lay out all of the restrictions at the time of your departure um, and documents and everything that you need to fill out. But that's something that I'll walk clients through and make sure they're ready to go. So part of my packages is that I'll walk them through COVID protocol because that's been... um, a big reason a lot of people have been going back to travel agents again and it's trending because people are so overwhelmed and stressed and I'm like, pay me to like help you through it, you know?
0: <laughs> I'll help you. Right.
1: Help
0: you. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, and especially knowing you, it's like traveling or paying a travel agent is so affordable and it's not like the millions of dollars that I feel like people think it, You like what it maybe used to be or yeah. was this like elite thing, mm-hmm. but what's it look like? working with you? Or how are you different than versus someone just like going on and booking a trip themselves through Priceline or one of those?
1: Sure. So a lot of those trips, they're kind of like, um, they're very generic, and they're not very experience oriented. I said like Priceline, it's literally like just your hotel, just your flight, your car rental, they're not giving you like this concierge service to walk you through a destination, you know, So if someone's looking for a more unique trip, or if they're going to an area they've never been before, um, that's usually where I get a lot of inquiry. So I just had a couple. um, They had a two-week honeymoon in Europe, and they went to Italy, Greece, and Canary Islands, and they weren't familiar with a lot of those areas. So, you know, they pay me X amount for their trip, and then I'm just, it's kind of hands-off for them. They tell me what they want, and then I ask for their input a couple times, you know, to make sure the itinerary is looking how they'd envisioned it. But other than that, they don't have to worry about the COVID protocol. They don't have to worry about um, missing out on something because they didn't understand the area well. And I'm giving them local recommendations, that sort of thing. So really, it's my goal as a travel agent is to make sure you get the most out of your destination by utilizing the knowledge I have.
0: That's amazing. Do you actually do like, I can, I know you said obviously an itinerary, but Mm -hmm. if I said, okay, I want to go to Italy. I want to go to the Vatican. I want to go here and there. Do you actually book all of that for clients too? Or is it more, Hey, here, here's how you book it?
1: Yeah. So I have different packages. My, my, I have a full package and then I have like more of like an a la carte one. If customers want to pick and choose the full one is you pass everything off to me. And I mean, I can do everything from booking spa, excursions, hotels, restaurants, creating a local recommendation guide for the area. So if you have a free day, I'll recommend go to this restaurant, go do this free thing, you can plug it in. If you have an open day, you know, I'll recommend what tours to do. So it's, it's really hands off, you just pass it off to me, which a lot of people love, especially if it's like, both parents are, you know, working or something. It's like the last thing on their list. So to pay me x amount is nothing, you know. You don't want to stress about planning your vacation that's meant to be relaxing. You know,
0: <laughs> you don't want to have to have a vacation from your vacation. Exactly.
1: And a lot of the stress, I mean, I've had people call me, they're like, I've been trying to plan this for the last couple of weeks. I have 15 tabs open. Like, It's not even <laughs> worth it anymore. And right. a lot of it is choice overwhelm too. They're like, it all looks good. Some of it doesn't. How do I know? And I'm like, it's too much. And a lot some people will call for deals, too. And I can Help people get deals and discounts, but it more comes down to it's like you just want to get your money's worth. Like if you're willing to spend five thousand, let's make sure you're getting, you know, your five thousand dollars worth. So that sort of thing.
0: Well, and the opportunity cost there of like, yes, I could spend twenty hours plus planning my trip, or I could pay you the amount of revenue I would make for my business if I put it into the business instead of planning my trip. And that just, you pay for yourself. I mean, and especially having someone in every country like you do, like that's like sold. Yeah. Yeah. When I go on my next trip, you're hired, but haven't been anywhere international. We love that. Now, what would you say is something that a lot of travelers miss out on, whether it's certain details or what are you seeing maybe from people that don't hire you?
1: Um, I mean, a lot of the travel I've seen, or like when people in my community say like they love to travel, I'm seeing a lot of the same stuff where like they just go to that country and they go to a resort and they stay at the resort, which to each their own, right? Because everyone has their own comfort level, but if you're willing and you're you know, willing to push yourself a little bit, I say like get off the resort because you wanna experience the local culture and traditions because a big part of travel is hopefully you're going to like open your eyes up a little bit. I mean, of course, relax and make memories and that sort of thing. But you know to learn something new, this is kind of like my catchphrase on my website, but it's like, I think travel makes you more aware, grateful and empathetic. So go take advantage of like all those positive benefits travel can have. So if you can... Get off the resort and meet new people and explore and do all that fun stuff. So I think a lot of people stay in their comfort zone. So maybe do a resort every now and then, but then try and find some variety for your next trip.
0: I used to have this old friend who her and her family would go to the same place. Every single year, it was the same place, Mm. same location. I'm like, don't you just want to go somewhere new? Like, you're going to the same resort every year. Like, don't you want to, like, switch it up? I don't know.
1: And I've seen people, too. It's like, they'll go from their comfort zone bubble, basically, to another one. And they'll be like, I went to Mexico. And I'm like, but did you? Because, like...
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a resort in Mexico is a lot different, right? Yeah.
1: I'm like, did you try local food or did you just like go to a swimming bar? Which I'm not hating swimming bars, but
0: you do you. <laughs> no.
1: But like, mix it up a little bit. Maybe I would recommend not having every trip be that because you're going to miss out on a lot of beautiful things and, you know, making some cool
0: memories. Mm-hmm. So, do you have a favorite travel destination that you've personally been on or favorite trip even?
1: I would have to say Malta, but probably just because it was such a life-changing experience for me. But it's also a very unique country. So it's obviously an island, and it's got some um, influence from the Middle East. So like some Arabic, um, Greek, and then Italian influence. And then it also used to be owned by England. So there's some English influence. So it's kind of unique because it's like this like weird combination of like those all seem very different to me so like watching them be very was very interesting but it's also one of the only places in the world you can go swim with giant tuna fish so I didn't know that (laughs) yeah I think the other locations Australia or New Zealand if I remember correctly but it was like this is the other thing too sometimes once you get to Europe there's stuff that's like so cheap that you're like it's it's stupid not to do like no brainer. Yeah. Like it was 40 bucks. I think with the exchange, um, they take you in a boat like three miles out in the ocean and there's this giant net because they're fishing for tuna, obviously, and they, they still hold them in the ocean before they import them. They're usually being sold for sushi and stuff, mm-hmm. but each tuna fish, they're like, I don't know, six, eight feet long. And they're like probably worth like thousands and thousands of dollars for sushi. Cause it's like sushi, great fish. But they drop you in the net with them and you can swim with them. But it's like it's kind of I was telling people it's like being in a National Geographic like documentary or something like, you know, those <laughs> beautiful like, ocean movies. You see? Yes. I was literally like, oh, my gosh, I'm in one now. So
0: <laughs> I'm in one right now. That could be like your like your eat, pray, love trip only totally in the ocean. Yeah, that's hilarious. Things I never would have thought of. Mm hmm. Now, with traveling comes different cuisine and everything. What is the most exotic thing you've ever eaten?
1: Well, I'm trying to think. I've had snails. I've had frog legs. I've had tripe, so like cow intestines. I don't know. That stuff doesn't bug me. So maybe some of it, I'm not even thinking of it as weird. Anymore.
0: <laughs> You're like, this is normal. And I'd be like, what? no, it's not. It's
1: not. But so I grew up, like I was saying with my dad, my, right, dad, you know, grew up in Venezuela and he's Sicilian. So like, I remember going to school and like bringing like octopus salad in like, you know, as like an elementary school student, because my dad had leftovers from this octopus salad <laughs> he made. So it's like, growing up and people think, like what's a weird thing you ate i'm like i don't know something my dad made probably that's so funny yeah yeah kind of thing cuz you're italian too so you probably you probably grew up with some good food too
0: well that's what my mom had when people had like she she's a great cook so yeah when people have never had eggplant, I'm like, mom, mm. this is not normal. Like we were the kids that, you know, we're eating euros and we're eating eggplant. Not that euros are Italian, yeah. but she cooked different dishes from different countries. And like, we were the oddities, not like normal kids who were eating, like, you know, like burgers and fries and oh, talk- whatever normal stuff. So I've had a few friends come over and they're like, what do you mean? She's like, what do you mean? You've never had eggplant. That's weird. I'm like, mother. No, <laughs> we're the weird ones. Not you. So I love it. Yeah. The thing with my family is my mom does not like seafood, so I don't I, we didn't even have like the exotic okay. like raw seafood, or mm-hmm. my uncle loves it, like her brother, but we never really grew up with it. Like, she's not a seafood fan, so even I have different experiences than some of like the other traditional Italians do. Like we don't do like the seven fishes like a lot of Italian households do for Christmas, but yeah but she's whew, phenomenal cook there. Okay, well, if you think of anything you can comment back once this is posted and tell yeah. the people be like, Oh, wait, that was actually really weird. Sorry, I forgot about that. Because I'm sure you got some more you have more uh, interesting things there. That's funny. Yeah, I'll have to think about it. But yeah, okay. I love it. Now, do you have any tips for travel? Or what are kind of maybe some things that people need to do that they just don't do when traveling or don't think about?
1: Yeah, so the ones that I kind of took note of and wrote down were having two forms of payment when you're anywhere but international travel especially because you don't want to get stuck so what I mean by this like if you or someone else in your party you want to make sure each of you bring an international credit card also have cash on you so if you get pickpocketed something gets stolen you lose it that sort of thing you're not totally screwed and then the other thing too I always tell people to get a scanned copy of your passport so and just keep that back at your hotel room
0: oh yeah Mm
1: And I learned this actually from my dad. We were traveling. We went to Italy for the first time in high school to, you know, meet family that I had yet to meet in Sicily. And we were um, stopped in Venice and we're on the water taxi. And my dad was such a stickler. He's like, you guys, it's different than America. Pipacking bigger than here. Like, watch out. He was such a stickler. And my dad, thankfully, it was him and not one of us. He stepped away from his bag and we got all our passports stolen. (gasps) Yeah. On a water taxi in Venice,
0: and we're like, you know, shit. <laughs> After he was just saying about it, and he's the one that gets
1: his stuff stolen.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. You know, I mean, horrible, but I know.
1: But I was just, I'm like, you know, me and my sisters are like, thank God it was Dad because we would have been like reamed out. You would have
0: never heard the end of that one
1: ever. Yeah, so we're all like keeping our mouth shut. But like, if we end up having to go back and find um, a consulate or embassy in. Florence because that was the closest one and um, we had our scanned copies of our passport which is nice because most people don't have all their passport information memorized and it also was kind of showing some form of proof or ID and you, it's also good to also have a backup form of ID on you because if you lose your passport you've no other way of really proving you know that it's you. But in addition to that, I'd also say I kind of like coach or teach my clients um, also about getting a really good travel credit card because there's so many good benefits. That will just, you know, it's just, it's totally worth whatever. If the annual fee is $95, it's worth it because a lot of travel credit cards will have zero foreign transaction fees. So no additional charges for, you know, buying something. Um, You can get lost luggage insurance included because usually you'll, if you use that credit card to book your flight, obviously then it comes back to the credit card company like the airline has their own insurance, obviously, or their own policies for if they lost your luggage. But then like say Chase Sapphire, for example, they'll also claim some responsibility because you use their credit card to book it. And there's extra benefits like we'll pay you 500 a day for every day your luggage is lost type of thing or something like that. So I would say travel with that because it even includes um, travel car insurance too sometimes.
0: Those are. I'm learning so much. I didn't think of that. I mean, I, I have my own, like I have my Delta card and mm-hmm. what I use and whatnot, which does wonderful for me. I just got a free flight. I'm leaving tomorrow, but you doing? I'm just going to Wisconsin to visit friends. Like it's nothing fancy, but <laughs> it was a last minute trip that was going to be an arm and a leg. And I was like, um, oh, I got my free flight. Like I'll just use that. So I won't pay for it, but. It's awesome.
1: I even have like clients. I, I love to catch people right before they've really done a lot of their wedding planning. So if I get a honeymoon couple that will reach out, I've even been able to help couples kind of, I'm like, okay, open this credit card right before then. Cause I can help you get a sign up bonus. Cause you're spending money anyways on the wedding, you know, and we'll like line it up so you can get the best rewards. And I've helped couples like get parts of their trips paid for their flights or that sort of thing to like lessen their costs. And a lot of people, you know, have, An idea of how they're going to pay for their wedding ahead of time. So it's like, it's money you're already going to spend anyways. So just use it on your credit card, pay it off in full at the end of every month. So you're not getting the interest, but rack up points and then pay for your honeymoon, basically.
0: (laughs) I never even thought of that. Like that makes total sense, but why wouldn't you? Right. Like you said, like you already have the money set aside. So that's awesome. Yeah. So as we finish this up, if someone that's listening wants to work with you, what is the process? How do they contact you? How's that work? Sure. So
1: you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. It's at The Mosaic Way Travel Co. And then my website is just www.themosaicway.com. I actually have a designer revamping it this month. So it'll be offline for the next like week, but come beginning of July, you'll see it pop back up. But all you have to do is shoot me a DM and then I can give you my email or drop it in the show notes or something. So you can email me or DM me through Facebook or Instagram. Amazing. I do free consults. So it'll be a free 20 minute consult. We can kind of figure out what package fits you best.
0: That's awesome. Okay. Uh, all of Michelle's links are in the notes on this episode. If there's anything, we follow Michelle on everything. She's wonderful. I've known her for what seems like ever. And Michelle knows her stuff. So thank you so much for being on this podcast. I'm even like taking notes of, wow, I can't wait to travel internationally again because you are so getting hired. But thank you so much. And for those of you listening, um, tune in next week for another episode of That's Business.